It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, what's going on? It is the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 167. Hope you all had a great weekend, Pro Bowl weekend. I know that's very exciting for many of you, very exciting. Uh, Trent Williams of the Redskins pulled out due to injury. Uh, We don't know exactly what happened there. Ryan Kerrigan participated uh, for the Redskins. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. And for some reason, almost 9 million people will watch it. So I don't know uh, what more there is uh, to say about that. Actually, as I'm recording this, uh, the Pro Bowl is still going on. But by the time you listen to this, the Pro Bowl will be over. Um, Either way, welcome aboard. It is the start of Super Bowl week. This is, again, episode number 167 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. You can follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins for other Redskins timely information and for a full list of links and podcasts and everything that you need to know about. And as well, Make sure you follow at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net, for all of your NFL local team information, experts, analysis, injuries, in game updates, just everything that you need to know about the NFL at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Oh, and before I keep forgetting, because I have just about every day, if you have a smart speaker device, in which you use to listen to your podcasts, tell it to play podcast Locked on Redskins, baby. Yeah, forget the baby part. If you have a smart speaker, tell it to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Very important to say podcast or play podcast Locked on Redskins because then you can get us up just 
like that with a verbal prompt or command. Again, if you have a smart speaker, tell it to play podcast Locked on Redskins. All right, so away we go. And it's certainly a busy, busy time uh, for the Redskins and for everything going on in the world of the Redskins. So let's start here with the confirmed, essentially, but reality that we've known for a while. And that's Ian Rappaport of NFL Network Old Rap Sheet reporting uh, on Sunday afternoon that the Redskins do not anticipate Alex Smith to play in the 2019 season. And they are planning on him not playing, essentially. Um, The exact wording of the tweet, just so I get it right, is, and again, this is via Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet, quote, one storyline to follow for 2019, the Redskins are planning as if they won't have quarterback Alex Smith next season, sources say. Rappaport continues, they believe he'll miss the entire season with his broken leg issues and are acting accordingly. If he's ready, they will be pleasantly surprised. All right, so there you have the exact quote, the exact wording. None of this should surprise you. None of this should alarm you in terms of anything new or... Um, I, I guess, again, shocking in any sort of way. I don't know of anybody that realistically expected Alex Smith to play again in 2019. I don't know of anybody who was just doing anything but holding out some sort of sliver of hope that he could. And it sounds like, as long as Rappaport is correct, and I have no reason to think that he wouldn't be, it sounds like the Redskins are lockstep with that belief, as they should be. Look, I'm not a doctor. I never tried to play one. I I just know what I know, and I know what I've heard, and I know what others have reported, including um, my pals and colleagues on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., the junkies, and other reporters who do a tremendous job, who talk to people behind the scenes. And while nobody and while everybody is cautious and nobody is really willing to, and for good reason, to dig deep on the medical information, the bottom line reality is everyone that understands how these type of injuries work has been pretty much under the assumption that Alex Smith is not going to play in 2019 and probably, probably, although not definitively, will never play football again. Again, there's the medical part of this. There's the medical recovery and the rehabilitation and the potential still for more infection. There's the medical part of this, and then there's the physical part of this, and then there's the emotional and the mental part of this, and all of those have to be in concert with each other. Again, we cannot uh, sit here and, and reasonably know what he's been through and what he still has to go from a medical perspective, although my understanding is, uh, based on Dr. David Child, longtime sideline physician, who we're probably going to try and get on this week, um, he again, writes for the San Diego Union Tribune. We mentioned him on the podcast last week. My understanding is because of the apparatus that Alex Smith had on his leg last week at the Wizards game, while encouraging in some ways, because it's actually inserted into his leg for stability purposes and regeneration purposes and re- and healing purposes, a 
course, there is a potential for more infection. That being said, we don't even know once he gets that apparatus off what his leg will feel like and what kind of physical discomfort he will experience, swelling, um, discoloration, what it will feel like to just walk and then jog and then run and then play football. And that's the problem, is it is such a multi-layered process that, again, nobody should have ever expected Alex Smith to play in 2019. And again, I don't know of anybody that reasonably, reasonably expected him to play in 2019. Certainly, as we pointed out last week, Bruce Allen was very coy about this particular situation, you know, just saying, all the rah-rah, shish type stuff of he's a great leader. If anybody can do it, Alex can. The bottom line is, is when he didn't give Alex Smith a big-time glowing ring endorsement for the 2019 season, when he didn't come out and say, I believe Alex Smith will be ready on week one, that to me, and I expressed this on this podcast and on the radio at 106.7 The Fan, that to me was not a good sign in any way, shape, or form. Because Bruce needed to do everything he could to spin something positively, and he couldn't. And he couldn't do that. To even lie about it, and he couldn't or wasn't willing to do that. Because, unfortunately, they know. They know the reality, and that's why this is so much more important than just your traditional standard you know, broken leg that others have suffered or even a torn ACL. I said this on Sunday, and I've said this before. Alex Smith, unfortunately, I hate saying this, would have been better off suffering a torn ACL. There is no doubt. Yes, infection can still happen. As we found out with Darius Geis, You have a torn ACL, you could still get an infection. Guess what? That would have been better in the recovery process if that had got infected than, again, a compound fracture and a bone that was sticking out of his skin. The bottom line is, is it was the worst kind of injury for Alex Smith and the Washington Redskins, and I think everybody knows that, and we didn't need this report, I don't think, to understand that and confirm that, but this pretty much does seal the deal. And now the Redskins are stuck in a salary cap nightmare as they also have to find a replacement and find a long-term solution for their quarterback position once again. And that's where we'll leave off here In this particular segment, we're not going to get into the salary cap ramifications. We'll do that on another episode again. And I just want to make sure that we all understand the scope of Alex Smith's injury, his prognosis, and the bleak, bleak future. And that was pretty much once again confirmed. When we return, we'll have all sorts of coaching news 
and rumors and additions to the staff and subtractions from the staff. It was a busy weekend for the Washington Redskins. We'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. It is episode number 167. I'm your host, Chris Russell, with you right here, episode number 167. And again, make sure you tell your smart speaker, if you have a smart speaker, tell it to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Back in a flash. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, it is good to have you aboard with us. Episode number 167. Coming up on episode number 168, I hope to be able to bring you a part of my conversation with ESPN's Adam Schefter, uh, who was nice enough to join me on Friday on my radio job on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. What I would suggest right now is for you to go to thefandc.com and go to the audio on demand section and the overtime section, uh, which is basically what the show is called, and search out the Adam Schefter interview uh, from Friday night. That would be January 25th, Friday night, January 25th, or you can go to iTunes and find the podcast on there. Again, same method, overtime on iTunes uh, for 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. Again, with Adam Schefter of ESPN, the preeminent NFL insider. I hope to be able to bring you part of that conversation. Just have to check some things out uh, first on the business front uh, before we do that. Uh, So I just want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Uh, But the bottom line is is you can listen to it either of those ways or you can just go uh, right now to thefandc.com and uh, I'll also post it at Locked Redskins and as well uh, at WrestleMania621, the story, the link, the coverage, and the audio uh, via my friend Ben Krimmel. And again, the fandc.com uh, on the coverage. The Redskins still have a lot going on in terms of their coaching staff. So let's get to it and run down the news, if you will, of the weekend since the last time we were together on Friday morning. So the Redskins have a new tight ends coach. His name is Brian Angela Chio. Uh, he's their new tight ends coach because Wes Phillips, their longtime tight ends coach had his contract expire and he is no longer with the organization. And Wes Phillips was here for five years, all five years of Jay Gruden's tenure. He was brought here by way, uh, by Jay from the Dallas Cowboys. uh, Bill Callahan joined him a year later. They worked in tandem. They had worked in Dallas together. Wes Phillips, in case you're not familiar, the son of Wade Phillips and Wade Phillips was of course, very interested in joining the Washington Redskins in the 2014 to 2015 offseason before they won a division championship, before they hired Joe Barry to be their defensive coordinator because Wade Phillips was out of work and his son was on the staff and he looked at it as a good opportunity to revitalize his career. And the Redskins, of course, said no and they didn't have an interest in him. I was told it was because they thought Wade was too old, lacked energy, uh, could not relate, that type of stuff. And, you know, it wasn't a smart decision then, and it wasn't a smart decision now. 
Um, clearly, they put a emphasis on certain things about personality and certain things about pushing back and combativeness and thinking a different way and not being in lockstep. Uh, and they have their own preconceived notions. They always have. They always will. And it's part of the symptomatic problem, quite honestly, uh, for the Redskins. So Wes Phillips, again, was on the staff already at this point. I'm sure that hurt him that his dad was bypassed and so easily dismissed. Then the Redskins fired Joe Barry two years later, and I think it was about a week before Sean McVay officially became the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, the Redskins had another opportunity to hire Wade Phillips. He was out of work again. He was not with a team after leading the Denver Broncos or helping the Denver Broncos win a Super Bowl and then a coaching staff change and his contract, I believe, expired and the Broncos were willing to let Wade Phillips kind of dangle and go. And the Redskins had an opportunity and they didn't snatch him up. And he went to the Los Angeles Rams with Sean McVay. And that had to sit not right again with Wes Phillips. So what I was told was the Los Angeles Rams, and this may have been when I think McVay first got the job. It may have been a little while later. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline. What I was told was Sean McVay, Wes Phillips, very tight, tried to hire Wes Phillips the Redskins' tight ends coach, for a position with the Rams. Ultimately, the Redskins chose not to allow him out of his contract. They denied permission. He stayed as the tight ends coach. And here we are, two years later, the Rams in the Super Bowl, defensive coordinator, his dad, head coach, one of his best friends, and Wes Phillips' contract was expired. Wes Phillips, even if he wanted to come back to the Redskins, it would have made no sense even if he had no other options. But of course he has options. Of course he has options. The L.A. Rams are going to be without a quarterback's coach after the Super Bowl when Zach Taylor becomes the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. It's widely thought that Wes Phillips, a college quarterback, will coach the quarterbacks for Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams. Not definite, but it's widely thought that will be the case. So you see how these things kind of work out and – if that's all true, the Redskins, who already let Sean McVay go away, and again, I don't know what they could have done to prevent him from leaving. They didn't think he would get a head coaching position that early. That's fine. They were wrong on that, as usual. Uh, they underestimated, as usual. Sean McVay got the job early because everyone that knew Sean McVay really knew Sean McVay, knew that he would be polarizing knew that he would captivate a franchise, knew that he would make magic happen when he had the opportunity to. And that's exactly what he did. You have a situation where you had a coach on your staff who wasn't really happy to be here. I can't speak for Wes Phillips, but the large belief among sources is that Wes Phillips was not happy to be here. Not the only one. So Wes Phillips... Probably going to wind up with the L.A. Rams. Wade Phillips got away. And, of course, Sean McVay got away as well. And you can even make an argument, although no Redskins fan is going to, but Joe Barry got away. I understand Joe Barry's defense in his last year wasn't great. Bad on third downs. He was 
tremendous on third downs. They were tremendous on third downs the year before that. Again, don't judge everything based on statistics. He's now the assistant head coach and linebackers coach position for the NFC champion L.A. Rams. All right, so who did they replace Wes Phillips with? Well, that's a good question. Uh, again, they hired Brian Angelicchio, who is from upstate New York and went to SUNY Brockport about an hour from Buffalo. Uh, and I'm happy for any guy that went to a SUNY school because that's where I went. I went to Buffalo State College, part of the SUNY uh, State University of New York program, uh, as many do. So he went to sunny, SUNY Brockport. Um in uh, the early 90s, and then got into coaching, coached Ithaca, uh, which is a Division Three. Uh, I don't want to say powerhouse, but they used to be a Division Three powerhouse. Then he bounced around on the college level at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, offensive assistant, tight ends coach. Then he went to Rutgers, then to the NFL, uh, and he worked with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then the Cleveland Browns, and the last three years with the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, Matt LaFleur, the former Redskins quarterback coach, taking over as the Reds, as the Packers head coach. Uh, so everybody there uh, that he didn't want to keep, and he kept the defensive coordinator, Mike Pettin, uh, everybody there clearly looking for different jobs. So uh, Angela Chio comes over from the Green Bay Packers to coach the Washington Redskins. Now, one thing I will add uh, about this is – it is very possible that Jay Gruden was not happy with Wes Phillips in terms of the tight end coaching position from a blocking perspective. If you think about it, Jordan Reed struggles, has always struggled. Vernon Davis has struggled, probably has always struggled, will always struggle. Uh, is he adequate at times? Sure. Um, uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, okay. Not a dominant blocker by any means. And the bottom line is, is the Redskins know they are going to be challenged to run the football. They know they are going to be challenged uh, to be control the clock heavy and, again, to ease pressure off of whoever the quarterback is. And they know that they lack special talent. So they have to be able to control the clock, run the football. And one of the best ways to do that is to get blocking from your tight ends. And the Redskins' tight ends, in terms of the blocking position, have been absolutely awful. So hopefully, Angela Chio can help them in that regard. I don't know. We'll have to see. Of course, we don't know if Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis are going to be here. We think they are going to be, but it could be that he doesn't even have them. So we will have to see. So Brian Angelicchio is the new tight ends coach. When we come back here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast, we'll finish it up with word on D'Angelo Hall and that situation as he actually interviewed for the Redskins defensive backs coaching position. And Jim Tom Sula. We'll do that next, right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 167. Thanks for being with us. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is episode number 167 of Locked on Redskins podcast. Uh, and as we did on episode number 166 with Aaron Hawksworth the other night, we're taking a little break from the skin spotlight uh, just because we have so much other news that we have to get in. 
Um, and we'll stretch that out, and we'll get uh, plenty of usage out of that. Please go check out the previous um, seven or eight or so episodes. I think we started doing it right around episode number 160, maybe 159, on the Skin Spotlight series uh, that we've been doing. All right, let's get to the rest of the coaching news before we run out of time here. Mention D'Angelo Hall, the former Redskin cornerback and safety. Um, and I love D'Angelo Hall. He's just great. You see him on NFL Network uh, and um, – Listen to him on 106.7 The Fan and NBC Sports Washington, for those of you in the mid-Atlantic area. Um, D'Angelo Hall interviewed for the Redskins defensive backs coaching position. Uh, my buddy and colleague Grant Paulson broke that story on Friday afternoon, uh, and D'Angelo Hall then confirmed it on Friday afternoon on 106.7 The Fan. And as well, what was interesting was he also added that he had been offered the defensive backs coaching position at the University of Maryland, the Maryland Terrapins, under new head coach Mike Loxley. And he also revealed that how he got in touch with Mike Loxley was that Nick Saban, the head coach of the University of Alabama, and arguably the greatest coach of all time in college football, had recommended D'Angelo to Mike Loxley, which is kind of strange. He also said, oh, by the way, that when he called Nick Saban last year after retiring unofficially, officially, unofficially from the Redskins and from the NFL, that Nick Saban basically offered him a position. Now, it probably was a learn-as-you-go type, you know, maybe like a defensive-defensive assistant type. D'Angelo did not get specific, uh, nor did he have to or was he expected to. But he just casually threw, oh, yeah, I turned down uh, Nick Saban. It just wasn't the right fit for me at the time, uh, which was pretty interesting. So D'Angelo Hall interviewed for the Maryland job, and then the Redskins offered him a chance after D'Angelo, in his words, said, you know, I went to the Redskins saying I'd like to be a coach. I'd like to interview for this position. He told Maryland to kind of hang on, and ultimately, as it turned out, Head coach Mike Loxley at the University of Maryland, who, according to D'Angelo, had offered him the job, had to pull away and close the door because D'Angelo interviewed earlier this week, Tuesday, uh, is I believe what he said, when Bruce Allen was meeting with the media down in Mobile and Jay Gruden was back at Redskins Park conducting interviews. One of those interviews, apparently, according to D'Angelo, was D'Angelo Hall on Tuesday. Um, so it would have been nice if we would have known that from Bruce, but of course he's not going to share that information. But a good job out of my buddy Grant Paulson for breaking that. So the bottom line is, is they chose Ray Horton. I think that's the right move. I think that's the right decision. Uh, I, I think veteran experience is much needed in this particular case. We've detailed a bunch of the cornerbacks in the Skin Spotlight series. Uh, it, it, not good. Not a good situation at all in terms of pass coverage. We all know that was the weakness of the defense last year. Yes, I know there were other weaknesses, but that was a major weakness. And the bottom line is, is D'Angelo Hall doesn't get that position, and it's hard to blame the Redskins in any way, shape, or form. As much as I respect, like, and think D'Angelo Hall is going to be a good coach and maybe a novel approach uh, and all that to go with a first-time coach who's never even been a defensive quality coach, a defensive assistant, an assistant of any sort, to go with a first-year coach with no coaching experience to try and fix the weakest part uh, of the certainly of the defense and maybe arguably the team is not what you want to do. So to me, the Redskins made the right move here, which I don't say that very often. They made the right move by going 
with Ray Horton. Um, one or two other quick last couple of notes. Jim Tom Sula still does not have a contract. I'm told that he has at least one offer from another team and that he feels a, a strong sense of loyalty to Greg Minuski and not wanting Greg Minuski to do a bad job or to get fired because Jim Tom Sula left and they had to hire a new defensive line coach and all that. So I'm told that Tom Sula is kind of weighing his decision based on friendship and loyalty to what he knows would be a better football situation for him elsewhere. Now, in fairness to the Redskins, it's going to be hard for him to match or exceed the defensive line talent that the Redskins have provided him over the last couple of years in Ioannidis, John Allen, and um, Deron Payne. But, you know, something to keep in mind that maybe there's another attractive situation out there, maybe one that'll pay him more money, maybe one that he looks at as a better long-term future than the Redskins. Um, and the other quick thing that I would say and that I was told was Tom Sula is very, very, very upset about how the Redskins went about the Minuski situation. He understood, from what I heard, he understood that the Redskins had an obligation to potentially upgrade. He did not like the way they went about the situation and the way they basically embarrassed his friend. So I don't know how much that counts. I don't know how that's going to exactly sway his decision. I would say this, though. If it was a slam dunk that Minuski, that Tom Sula was coming back, he probably would have signed the deal and it probably would have been announced. Even though he's currently on the staff and usually the Redskins... Uh, only announce, you know, basically additions. So that's that situation. Uh, and then the last thing is, is Kevin O'Connell is being, um, he was basically the only coach from what I was told down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. I know a lot of the coaches didn't go. I didn't realize he was the only coach, uh, but that's what I was told uh, on Saturday night. And he worked hand-in-hand -hand with Kyle Smith, director of college scouting, uh, on evaluating some of these quarterbacks and getting a good first-hand look. Uh, I'm told that the Redskins are doing everything they can and are probably planning and probably prepared to do whatever they can to keep Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I think teams will look for him as a quarterback guru. I think teams will, uh, I you know, I think, Eventually, he will be an offensive coordinator pretty quickly, whether it's with the Redskins or somebody else in a play caller. Uh, he's that highly regarded in both the NFL and in college football. So the Redskins better get busy here, and they better find a way. And the only way I can think of, as I've said a couple of times, is to unfortunately let Matt Cavanaugh go and promote Kevin O'Connell, uh, not only promote him by money and raise, but by title. And that means... Offensive coordinator and play caller. Kevin O'Connell, if he wants to be a head coach one day in the NFL, and you would think he does, why he needs to start calling plays. And he should start calling plays. And if he doesn't, the Redskins are running the risk of losing him. Uh, and it's not just that you can buy everyone. All right, that's going to do it for us on a lengthier edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast than I was planning uh, thanks for being with us. 
Again, we'll get back to the skin spotlight as soon as we can. Uh, just wanted to update you on everything going on. Lots of Redskins news and information. It is episode number 167 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Please download us. Please continue to share. Please continue to spread the words on iTunes, Player FM, Megaphone, Google Play, and on your smart speaker. Uh, just say play Locked on or play podcast, I should say, Locked on Redskins. That's what you should do. All right. Thanks for being with us. Episode number 167. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.